0: The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for the 2015 April's Leaders Retreat. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. And the things I had to work on to. Oh, thanks, man. You didn't want to get that that earlier stuff on there quite as much. Okay. Um, but I think one of the things that, that I'm having to die to right now is, is this belief that I have a lot of experience and I'm the director of camps Outreach and you had better listen to me. Like I have all these things to offer to you guys. And so that, that talk that he gave last night is not just a talk for you as you, you know, lead at the TCP or as you're on the servant team this summer or you know, whatever, it's the director of Campus Outreach needs to die to things daily. And today the death is my my experience or giving a lot of talks about this or talking about leadership. And, and anything that I could bring to the table is loss compared to my own knowledge of Christ. And so it's just good for me to just be up front with you guys and to let you know that it, there's a constant daily death that all of us have to do. And so don't just leave that with last night, but... I have these big ears. One thing that, that I, I don't I don't have from birth is small ears and so these things right here can pop off. So this is probably gonna happen a lot and it's gonna be recorded and so get You're ready for big ears. Um, <laughs> and so it's just good to think about that and to think about that daily and don't don't let it just be last night and you kinda of thought about it, but I mean we, we looked at the verses this morning, but constantly kind of run through your, your mind and your life and your heart what are the things that you put confidence in? Because right now that's that's where some of my confidence is. So um, here's, here's some ways to take away that confidence. Uh, there was a time way back in the summer of 1997, when I was at a retreat just like this, getting ready to be a room leader. And I was a room leader on my second project. It was in Myrtle Beach at the Christian Retreat Center. And uh, you, you think our hotel is is a piece of work? You should have been the Christian Retreat Center. Um, but all that to say, when I was a room leader, I had these three guys in my room, and they were all one year younger than me, and they were all more mature than me. And, and it was – like there was this one guy. His name was I – don't, I, don't, I think this is this – is, if you ever listen to this, Jonathan, this is to your glory. Jonathan St. Clair was the most disciplined individual that I have ever been around in, in a very kind of intimidating godly way he would he would run every day and while he would run he would have these cards that he would pray through so he would have prayer cards on his run and then he would come back and he would do pushups and while he's doing push-ups he would have a scripture memory right in front of him and uh like I had I brought my little scripture memory box and I had like five cards in it and he like had like the jumbo box and had all these verses memorized and then there was this guy I remember named Fumata, uh, And this is for you too, Famata, should you ever come across this. I mean, he was this big Samoan guy and, and was very outgoing. I'm, I'm a little bit more introverted and Famata was pretty outgoing and everyone loved him. And uh, it was one of those things where that summer I led worship on the project. And at the end of the summer, I'm excited about the project video because you know that's what you think. You're like, I wonder where my cameo is gonna be where I'm leading worship for the project. And none of my guys played guitar. But I tried to show them all how to play guitar, and there were two shots of my guys playing guitar on the video at the end of the summer, and there was nothing of me. And, uh, and so Fumada's just sitting like the ocean. It's like the last part of the video where it's like the, 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 the emotional part, and Fumada's just sitting there, and the sun's in his back, just playing the guitar. And I'm like, that, he can't even play guitar, right? <laughs> um, but I realized over the course of that summer how under-equipped and how inadequate that I was to lead those guys, and, uh, and about halfway through, Jonathan's mother, he was down there and she had cancer, and then with about two weeks left, his mother died while he was on project, and, and just now having walked through death and hardship with people, like I look back on me as a room leader, and I was, I was so... Out of my league, like I had nothing to offer him like when I think back to walk like i didn't even i didn 't even remotely come close to come close to walking through anything with him in that season, those last two weeks or you know he was there for a couple of days and then he left and then he was gone for a week and a half, and then he came back for a couple of days and i don 't remember ever having a conversation with him about his mom dying because I felt so. Like inadequate to even engage there. It's like uh, uh, staff team leaders, uh, you know anyone because that's when the staff are gone. So I didn't know I didn't know what to do because this guy in my room, his mom died, and uh, it, it just made me very aware that I, I was not the man for the job. You know, we sometimes talk about you know leadership and are you the man for the job or is this the job for the man or or woman for the job? You know, just change your your gender pronoun, um, but. At that point, I went into the summer thinking that I was somewhat of a man for the job, and it became very clear all through the summer that I was this was the job for the man. And I just want you all to know, and if you're in here as a staff person, none of us, none of us are, are the men or women for the job. Not, not even myself. Like if I was to time work back and be around Jonathan St. Clair that summer, I don't know that I would have a lot to offer him now. I think I would try to be around him, and, and probably cry with him at that point. I wouldn't have cried with him, but now Never Beast and other things like that have have affected me deeply. And uh, and I think I would at least be able to maybe weep with him. But don't don't someone said this. I, in some ways, you know, as I've been listening to all the staff give many talks, I'm like, I was gonna say that. Like I was gonna say that. So that you know, I'm glad that we're saying some of the same things. But someone said uh, that you know we're not really adequate for this task, and that, that's the way that I feel about. You guys and myself is that none of us are the people for this job. It's far beyond us. The needs, the brokenness, the hard heartedness. Like it, when, when Elisa was talking about leading a D group, one of my thoughts was um, we so want to be on task with how our D group goes and we need to spend this amount of time studying the Bible and, and all of this, but really we don't have, we, we can't control anything, right? Like their hearts changing, we have no control over that. And so, for what it's worth, you're not the person for the job. We didn't ask any of you to be room leaders because you're solid. No no team leader is here because you're a baller. No staff person is on staff because you had all the skills to pay the bills and we just had to hire you. We're, we're all desperately in over our heads. And, and that leads us to be dependent on the Lord in some pretty you know, serious ways. And, and here's, here's one of my new favorite verses about being dependent on the Lord. And I like it because it's kind of blunt. It's Jeremiah 10, 21. It says... For the shepherds are stupid and do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, they have not prospered and their flock is scattered. Uh, I'll read it again. The shepherds are stupid and do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, they have not prospered and their flock is scattered. And I think it's only been really in the last six or seven months that I feel like I I have actually somewhat inquired of the Lord in my life and leadership. And so I just think of all the, the stupidity of my self-reliant ways of leading for my entire life that I'm becoming more and more aware of now. So don't be stupid. I like that the Bible uses a nice you know, like slap in the face. I got people, people are like, whoa, what's that? Um, that? That it's stupid to not depend on the Lord. And so if you go into this summer thinking that you have something to offer in some way, it's, it's kind of stupid because you don't have anything. And we're asking the Lord to do supernatural things. When, when Anne was talking about getting to the heart, and, and I forget what question you asked, Anne to, to or, or why it's important to go after the heart, but one of the thoughts that I had is because it's only supernaturally changed. Like, we, we want the heart to change because we can't change it. Like, it's the one thing that we can't do and that we're asking the Lord to do. Um, and maybe in that, th- these are all some disclaimers on the front end. This is, I'll tell you when I start getting into the, to the main point of it all. But this summer, maybe another way to say it, is going to be less about what any of you have to offer anyone, and so much more about what God is going to do in your own life. And, and learn that quickly. It's easy to think, what do I have to give? Like, give me this scope for my talents and uh, l- let me be used by the Lord in some way. But that's not really the main point for you. The main point is, for this is an opportunity for you to experience God in a powerful, radically different way than maybe you ever have before. And so lean into that about what God's going to do in you. Um, it's like every time I give a talk, uh, or a lot of times I can say, this talk is as much for me as it is for you. Like, preparing this has been so good for me. And that's the same way it is, I think, with any kind of leadership. Like, when you're leading a group or you're having a conversation, you're going to walk out and feel like, that was more for me than it was for them. And I think that's right. That's how it probably should always feel on a certain level. So be aware of those things. Um, a few warnings about you being a, a leader this summer – Um, first of all is that someone else will be in this role next year. Like don't put too much stock in being on this retreat because last year there was a different group of people in this room. Some of you are back, you know, round two, maybe, maybe you're, you're so blessed to be back for round three of this, but, uh, next year you're not, who who cares if you're a leader, a room leader on the summer training project, like that's just not going to get you very far in six years, no one is going to even remember that you know, or a team leader, or like maybe you're on the servant team and you feel like you should have been doing something else. And it's like in, in six years, who's even, who cares about that kind of stuff? If you went on CCP, it, it's not, it's not as important because it, it's just a, it's just a position. Um, Romans twelve three is a good one for, for things like this. It says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but think with sober judgment. And uh, I, it, it's been said in a number of different ways, but I don't want you guys to put that much stock in, in being a leader or, or what that word could mean. And, and that's what we're, we're about to go. I mean, the, the title of this is, if, uh, is there a note page that says being a leader? Is that what it's called in the note page? So if, if you're one of, one of those anal people OCD like me, like I really am. Um, I, I have, if you come here right now, like everything is at nice right angles uh, as I'm speaking. But my title would be, be if you have being a leader, Then you could could write after leader, write the word servant, and then scratch out leader. And that's my creative, you know, visual thing of what we're going after. I don't want to talk to you about being a leader. Um, So I want you to think of yourself soberly and not more high than you ought to think. And and others have said this. You're only a few years older than the people that you're going to be leading. Um, Even, like, if you're a team leader, your room leaders are a year younger than you. If you're a room leader, your disciples are a year younger than you. If you're on TCP, the other students that are going to be there are maybe older than you. If you're going to the UK, the students that you're going to minister to are, are maybe several years older than you. Like, like You're all around the same age. So even to think about like leading people has such a hierarchical view to it. And it's just, not, it's just not going to be the case. Some of you in here have only been Christians for a few years. And you're going to lead people maybe who, like, let's say that you're at the U or something. Not that... If you're at a Christian school, you didn't become a Christian in the last year or two because some of you have, and that's that's awesome. But stereotypically, if you just became a Christian at the U or Saint Thomas, you're, you might have someone from Northwestern or Bethel in your room who has been a Christian since they were three, and so they've got like you know if you're if you're keeping track, 16 or 17 years of walking with the Lord on some fashion under their belt, and you've got maybe nine or 10 months, and you're already like in this position to lead them. So. <laughs> I say that not to, like, be condescending and put you in your place, but to just make you realize it's not that big of a deal. It's okay. It's okay to not have answers. It's okay to not have it all put together and and live in life. (laughs) Um, Think less. Maybe a way to say it would be to think less about leading and think more about facilitating. Maybe we should just start calling this the summer facilitation retreat. Uh, That just sounds like we're going to do, like, sewage work or something like that. (laughs) Electrical or plumbing. But you're, you're a facilitator. You're a facilitator of discussion. You're a facilitator of, of conversation, of evaluation, of reflection. And that's true in whatever role you're in. Like I, I, in a little while, I want to try to speak specifically to, to everyone in here. And I, I wanted TCP in here and CCP because across the board, this is, this is for all of you. Um, and, and to think of yourself more as a facilitator, I think it's just a healthy thing to do um, because you're basically facilitating. It's like... How many of you have ever done a group project in school? Like you've been a part of a group project. Maybe this, How many of you have never been a part of a group project at school? All right. Now, there's always someone, right, who has to be the spokesperson. And, and there's maybe the, the person who's like, hey, we need to be doing this and kind of divides out the responsibility. And there's always that person who never does anything and just rides the coattails of everyone else in the group. Um, but in general, no one is, is like the leader of the group. Everyone is contributing, and maybe someone has to facilitate, and, and that may be a better way to think about what you're going to do this summer. Um, another thing, just to, in terms of warning you about being a leader, is, and, and this will be an entirely different talk, and it's always near to my heart, but every year I engage people who are on this retreat who are not walking with the Lord anymore, who, who have renounced the, the, is it renounced or denounced, or is it the same thing? They're not Christians. They would say that they don't believe in Jesus or they've had affairs or you know, other kinds of, of deep, heavy sin that they're living with where, where they don't want to have anything to do with campus outreach. They don't want have anything to do with God. I mean, the, I could just list off. I start, if I just sit here, I could just think about the names and the faces. And for some of them, where they sat. And some of them were in my discipleship group. And, and it's a hard thing to do with. But the reality is that right now, you, you may be wrestling with doubt. And when pain hits, you will wrestle with doubt and struggle. And and there's going to be things that come in your life. And so don't put your stock in being a leader. There are some people who have been on staff with our ministry who, who aren't really walking with the Lord anymore. And I hate it because I feel like hiring them deceives them. Because what they do to to rest in that they are walking with the Lord is they say, Well, I was a leader, or I was on staff. Or I did this, as though this position is your, is your merit for standing before the Lord in, in righteousness. It's not. Don't, I don't want being a leader to deceive you. And that's why I think of a facilitator. Um, and that's why we always say the thing like, well, how, how was STP? Like, how did it go? And our, and our staff, the cliche is, we'll find out in 15 years. You know, we'll find out what kind of facilitator you were. If you're walking with the Lord in 15 years, that would be Phenomenal. It's not as important how well you lead your group this summer, it's how well you're, you're walking with Jesus for the rest of your life. And if being a leader this summer helps you to that end, then praise the Lord. But what if it undermines that? that that's just a scary reality that I feel like I live with. And so I wanna, I wanna help you as you think about it. So now that none of you wanna be here, um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to the main, kind of the main idea. And, and similar to what Matt said last night, it's funny that he said this because we didn't really collaborate at all, but. I don't really like to be cliche. There's something about being cliche that feel, it doesn't feel fresh. It doesn't feel exciting to speak about. And uh, and I'm gonna talk about you know, being a servant and it feels like servant leadership. Like that feels like the cliche thing, right? Um, but uh, here's what I want you to try to do. And this, this is maybe asking, asking supernatural stuff. There's this, this couple right now that, that me and my wife are doing premarital counseling with. And I don't, I don't think he would mind me saying his name, but. Uh, the soon-to-be husband, his name's Damien He's a sophomore at the U of M, and he, became, he was an atheist all, all growing up, and became a Christian last year through reading *The Great Divorce*, basically, and then has proceeded to read some C.S. Lewis and some Tim Keller, and you know, I'm, I'm a Tim Keller fanboy, so I've been like, "Hey, man, you should try this book." Like, and now he's listening to Tim Keller sermons, and I just feel like discipleship is happening. Um, but when we hang out and we talk, everything is new. Nothing is cliche. I can say something that, that I've heard or said. I'm kind of like, you know, you've probably heard this verse. And he's like, no, actually, I haven't. He's very refreshing. Like he, he, he's just straight up. I've never heard that. Like, that's that's an amazing idea. I've, I've never really thought about that. Like everything we talk about. There's the ear again. Um, everything we talk about is just like that. And it is the most enjoyable. Like every time I hang out with him. It is. It, it always. He has to say. Uh, Actually, I probably need to go, because we we hang out. We set time for an hour. We hang out for like two hours, two and a half hours. Because he's so refreshing, and I wish, I wish that that was me sometimes. Like I wish that I didn't grow up in a Christian home in the southeast in a Southern Baptist household where we had revivals and I did sword drills and all that stuff, and and that I just became a Christian a few years ago, and that all the stuff that we take for granted is just new and fresh. And so if you can do that, like if you can try to put away your conceptions of things and, and, and just ask the Lord, maybe I'll pray for us real quick and ask that this would feel like that, that we would feel like Damien. I, I, I envy, I envy his, his position and I wish my heart was like that more. I, I, was, I was sitting here listening to Charlie share about the bridge diagram, which I've, I've sat through hearing about the bridge diagram. You know, I, don't, I don't even want to try to tally up the number of times. And, and I, had to, I had to pray, Lord, I don't don't want this to just be like I've heard it before because this is the greatest news in the world. Like that's the best bridge there is, you know. And uh, and yet there's something in my heart that that wants it to just be commonplace, and I want to fight against that. So let let me pray, and then we'll we'll dive in. Lord, it, it would be an amazingly supernatural thing. If, if everything that I say feels new. Not because I want to be new and fresh, because I don't think much of what I have to say is new and fresh, but that it would land on hearts. Maybe it would land even on my heart again, as though I haven't even written this talk, as though someone gave me this to talk about. Um, I want that for us. I don't want us to be uh, content or, or used to or comfortable with things that we've heard before, but, but I want it to be real and special and powerful now and again, not not for anything to do with Paul Poteet, but because I just want it to be transformative in our lives. I want us to be helped. And so do that work for students here. Maybe they've, they've set through servant leadership talks or they've read spiritual leadership by J. Oswald Sanders or something else like that. And would it be like they've never heard it before? And this is all new so that their hearts would be engaged and maybe their lives would be changed. So bring glory to yourself through that kind of work, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, So I have one main passage. It's uh, Mark 10, 42 through 45. If you have a Bible or a phone, go there and look at it. I really do want you to look at it because I want to talk about some specific words in the passage. And I think if you look at it, maybe it would make it stick a little bit more. Um, But I will, I'll read it for us. Ten forty-two through forty-five. I'll wait for your pages. At church, you know, whenever someone goes up to read and they say, "Today we're going to read from you know Mark ten forty-five on page eight forty-seven of the Bible," you know, and then they start reading and I can hear pages flipping. I'm like, "Oh, wait for them, wait for them." Um, forty-two. And Jesus called to the Jesus called them to Him and said to them, "You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them." And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, So what I want to do is is basically take a few phrases and unpack them a little bit. And then give you some thoughts at, at the end of that. So the first one is... Lord it over them. So when, when he's talking, he, he's contrasting the way that the world thinks about leadership. Maybe the, the idea would be that the way that the Bible talks about leadership is a very upside down or counterintuitive concept than the way that the world thinks about leadership. Because what Jesus says is that, you know, the, the disciples are asking to be at his right and left hand. There's other places where they ask who's going to be the greatest. And he says things similar to this. There are passages about him talking to the disciples who want to be great about what that really means. And, and the first thing he says is the Gentiles want to lord it over them. And uh, I have this app on my phone. It's Olive Tree. I don't know if you guys use that Bible app, but you can like, you can, like highlight over a word and it tells you what it means. So I'm not a Greek scholar. I just, I just use technology. Um, but that phrase, lord it over them, literally means to exercise control or to have power over to subjugate, uh, to have dominion over, some, over something or someone. And I think that's how the world thinks about leadership, right? To have power and control over people. I think the way that this maybe could play out, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, I, w- I won't say that yet. I have some examples of how it will play out on, on our the projects, but it's like being competent, like being in control. No one mess, you know, you, like, you, you crack the whip, you know it all, you never mess up. Um, people listen to you. You've always got a plan, whatever. Like that's just kind of the way that the world thinks about it. There was, when I was on project as a room leader, the the summer that I was really overwhelmed that I told you about, we would do prayer and praise at night and curfew back in the olden days was a pretty strict deal. And, uh, it was curfew was at like 10 and, and I was leading praise and worship and it was like three till 10. And I was like, okay, can someone pray for us real quick? And someone prayed. And it was 10.01, and uh, and I'm like, okay, go run back to your rooms. And everyone goes back to their rooms really quick, and I'm I'm packing up my guitar, and I'm walking to my room, and there's my team leader. Like, literally, my team leader's just sitting there. I'm like, "Uh, hey, Troy. Um, Here you go, Troy. If you ever listen to this, I'm throwing you under the bus, but I know know you've changed. Um, (laughs) And and he he, he basically says, what's, what's going on, man? Like, what's the deal here? And I was like, I'm, I'm leading, I was just leading some praise and worship. We were just praying, just finishing up. He's like, well, well, you should have done that. You should have had him pray sooner because you made everyone else late for curfew. And so I want you to come in early for the next four nights, 30 minutes early for the next four nights. And I was pissed. Um, I, 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 at that point I just kind of, okay, all right. But I had some choice, some choice phrases for Troy to everyone else that I knew. (laughs) 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 And, And, uh, and and later, you know, like a few years later, Troy, he, he would, like his testimony would be when I was a team leader, I was a tyrant and the Lord broke me. And so that's why I know that that Troy's a totally different man at this point in his life. But at that point in his life, he was, that, that's lording it over me, I think. Um, exercising control, cracking the whip. And, and that's just... I think at times it's not just how the world thinks about like corporate leadership, but how we can think about spiritual leadership, like that we need to be leaders and we're the ones in charge and we need to have the answers and we need to tell people what to do and if they're, if they're rule breakers, like we're gonna come down on them and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we strive to be at the top of the pyramid, like that's just how we, that's how the world thinks about leadership is you advance, like in the world's eyes, I'm at the top of the pyramid, like I'm a campus outreach director, like I'm sitting up here at the top. and. Uh, and I've achieved, like when I used to tell people um, from my hometown that, that I was on staff with the college ministry, that, that, was, that was kind of a, a good thing. But when I tell them now that I'm the director, of, a, I'm a regional director of a ministry, like that's at the top of the pyramid. You know, there's a little bit more power and control and dominion in that. But, uh, but I don't think, I mean, obviously Jesus is saying, don't think that way. So uh, the next thing he says, or they exercise authority over them. Um, so they, like the Gentiles who lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. I looked up that phrase, you know, hovered over it with my with my finger and it, it tells me the word. But it means have privilege over or wield power. And I really like that it says has privilege because it's easy to think that as a leader that you have privileges. That, that you should be, that, that the law doesn't apply to you. The rules don't apply to you. Like you can miss for lack of a better way to say it. You can miss curfew and it's not a big deal. Or you don't have to be on time to things. It's not that important. Or, you know, you've you've been on multiple projects, so therefore, because you've invested multiple summers in this whole thing, you should get some kind of kickback or or things that don't apply to you or, or whatnot. And and I don't I don't want you to feel bad if, if you've talked to a leader or Nikki about something like that. I'm just saying it's easy to feel privileged as a leader. That 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 you have something that other people don't and that you deserve things and expectations that, that things don't apply to you. And that's how, that's what Jesus is saying don't do. I like don't have power over people. I don't think that you have privileges over people. Um, he says something else. So here's the flip side. He says, uh, it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great must be your servant. That word servant means errand boy. Like, like that's, what, that's what the middle app said was errand boy or waiter. One who waits on others, and uh, it's interesting to think like, what if we did that? Like you're a you're a room errand girl this summer. Um, you're uh, you're a team waiter, uh, you know something like that, where your role is to is to run errands for the people in your room. Your role is to wait on them, to to meet their needs. I like, think it, how many of you have ever done like wait staff? Well, only like a few people. Well, I sometimes, when I'm at a restaurant, I think, I think I would be a good waiter. Like, I think I would enjoy this. Like, I would enjoy interacting with them, and I'd, maybe not. But Ann's like, no way. You're saying I wouldn't be a good waiter? No, you would enjoy it. Like, it's, maybe we should talk about this afterwards. Um, uh, but all in all, it's, it's kind of like menial work, right? You don't get paid minimum wage, you get paid less than minimum wage. You're dependent on tips and how good of a job you do. And, and think about that. That's what you're doing this summer, the, that you're a, a, a room waiter. You're a cross-cultural waiter, um, the Twin Cities waiter, that, that you're just serving people in that way. Um, and it's interesting to think about that. The, the next phrase that he says is, uh, whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. And, and that word just means subjugated, controlled, disregards their own interests. So he, he says it's exactly the opposite of the Gentiles. Like we, the, the world thinks about this pyramid decline and what I want to hold out to you is that it's really, it's really like inverted. What is an inverted pyramid? What's that called? A funnel. A funnel. That's right. Um, when, when I became the director of Camp Zareach, I, I thought initially that I have, I have reached the top of the pyramid. But what I have come to learn is it's more like I've reached the bottom of the funnel. Like all the hard things, all the challenging things, all the conversations that no one else wants to have kind of come down to my life. And, uh, and I've, I've initially, I really didn't do that with very much joy, but I feel like the last year has been a year of repentance for me to delight in being at the bottom of the funnel and, and what you're doing and signing up to be a leader is you're saying, I want to go a little bit lower. Like I want to be a little bit lower down the funnel. I, I want to have a little bit harder conversation. I want people to be a little bit, uh, displeased with me. Because when, when there's problems with things, you know, gripes, you know, what is it in Safe and Private Ryan? They say gripes go up. Rightly so. Like, if you're, if you're a leader, the problems are going to come your way. And that's what you're asking for. That's what it means um, to, to fill in the gaps, to do more serving, to be a leader is really to say, I, I want to do the hard stuff. Um, and it's, it's really hard to lead this way, I feel, because not only do you not view leadership this way? And I don't view leadership this way, but the people that you're leading don't view leadership this way as well. Like they don't expect a good leader to serve them and and have challenging conversations. They expect a good leader to do everything perfectly and have all the answers and be amazing and have like this great dynamic in your room and have, you know, at the CCP, the team is just so tight and you all get along so well. And on, on the TCP, you know, everyone is, is uh, you, you've had this intern experience and you can talk to them about what it means to be doing a job and be in the world and that you have it all together. It, they, don't, they don't think about what real leadership is is being weak and serving. And, and it's an attitude that's not privilege, an attitude that puts their interests above your own. Um, so here, here's what I want to do is I want to talk about what I think this would look like in your different contexts. So one, one quick word on that. When I'm talking about being a servant, what I don't want you to hear, Matt and I were talking about this earlier, and, and what is probably the, the thing on Project that is, is, when it comes to servanthood, day in, day out, in your room, that, that you have to deal with? Dishes. dishes. right? So, what I don't want you to hear is that to be a good servant means that you will happily wash the dishes all summer, mm-hmm. that, that that is what service looks like, or being a servant looks like. I want this to be an attitude, like a heart set. And, and maybe that would be washing the dishes. Maybe that would be just acknowledging, hey, you, like in, in my house, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't want to just go sh- straight gender stereotype. But in, in my family growing up, my mom cooked and she washed the dishes and all that kind of stuff. And my dad did not. And so that was just kind of the way that it was in, in our house. My wife cooks, and I wash all the dishes, because I, I like to wash the dishes. I typically fold all the clothes like I do most she does some of the laundry and she does some of the dishes, but I do far and above the lion's share of the laundry and the dishes in matt 's family it's flip- flopped. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, but when I, when I talk about this, I don 't I don't want it to be. Uh, that you have to do those tasks, but that you're thinking through, how can I serve? And what does service look like in my context? So more of an attitude, less practical. So um, just overarching ways is, is in every context, it's love. It really boils down to love. I, I started to say how to, like, being a lover, but that's not really, I think that's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> if that was my talk. But when you think about serving people, it's more of how do you, like Jesus says, um, or John says, "No greater love do we have than this that one would lay down his life for his brothers." And so what does it look like for you to lay down your life in loving people this summer? I think that's the attitude that I'm looking for. Um, and, uh, and, and maybe one of the, the ways to, to really fight that is to rejoice at the successes of others. Like can you be happy? when someone else has a different, like a higher position or in the funnel, a lower position than you? Can you be happy when someone has a great idea for what your team's gonna do? Can you, can you be, be excited for someone's internship when they're having to work far less hours than you this summer and they're getting paid twice as much as you, you know? Can you be excited on, on the CCP when someone gets to talk with some English nationals and one of them comes to Christ and you don't have anything to show for it? Like maybe... The, the mark of maturity is not how you handle your failures, but how you handle everyone else's successes around you this summer. It's a challenging thing. It, it's, it, it brings up envy in me like nothing else. Um, there, there was a season where it was really hard for me because I feel like Matt is uh, a more gifted, nuanced communicator. And Andrew, is Andrew in here? I saw him around. No, I, could, I can say all kinds of things about him. Um, Andrew is a lot more inspiring. And so there, there have been several regions, whenever they need people to come speak at retreats, they either get Matt or they get Andrew. And I'm just kind of like I'm, like, I'm higher up the pyramid, lower in the funnel, you know, whatever works for you, than Matt and Andrew. And they don't ask me to come speak at things. They always ask those guys. And uh, for the longest time, that was really hard for me. It just made me envy them and, and, and think, I... I'm more nuanced than Andrew, so why don't they ask me? And I can be more, more challenging and inspiring than Matt, so why don't, like, I'm kind of the blend of these people. And so it, it was hard for me to rejoice that they got to, go, they got to go bless people. They got to have this opportunity. And uh, I, 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 pro, I still struggle at points, but it's something that I'm much more aware of to rejoice in their successes. And so how, how's that going to be for you? So let me get into some specifics. I'm starting with the CCP. So if you're not on the CCP, maybe you will be next year. Maybe you'll go overseas at some point in your life. I really hope that you do. So uh, if you go into CCP with the mindset of a leader as opposed to a servant, this is what I, these are some things I thought about. I think you'll think that you have something to offer students over there, that you can teach the church a thing or two. So you're really looking to give your ideas or your, your input. You might think that you're God's gift to the team, that, man, if you weren't a part of this team, then they would really be struggling. Um, you want the crowded house to serve you uh, you 're asking what, I, what can I gain from this like, what, what is this experience going to have for me? Um, you want the Brits to be more American <laughs> um, and uh, you 're going to be more like a typical american imperialist you know you 're going to be a little bit loud like the, the stereotypes of Americans from the from the British are that we 're loud we 're rude and we 're arrogant and we 're stupid and uh, and you're you're going to kind of fit that stereotype if you go in thinking I'm a leader and I've got stuff to offer. Like the the crowded house has had issues with Americans who come over and act certain ways in a, in a very American leadership top-down kind of way with their church, and they've been burned. And so, if you're going as a, as a participant of our cross-cultural project, you have a chance to change the way that they that they think about. Um, especially, when I say Americans, it's American Christians. It's not like they're just hanging out with you know normal Americans. It's Christians who go over there from America who put a bad taste in their mouth. And you have a chance to change some of that. So it's, it's all about how you're thinking about it. I thought with a servant, instead, you hope that Jesus can move in students' lives. It's not what you have to offer them. It's what Jesus has to offer them. Uh, you want to learn from how the church ministers. And so you ask questions. The leader wants to give their ideas. The, I think the servant wants to ask questions. Uh, you feel blessed to just be on the team. Uh, you want to serve the crowded house. So maybe that means you arrive early. Maybe that means you help clean up. Um, I don't know what that looks like. You're asking, how can I help the body of Christ over here? And you want Brits and Americans to be more like Jesus. Um, so maybe you're the atypical American. You're a good listener. You're a learner. You're humble. I, th- I think that will be living like a servant and it has nothing to do with washing the dishes, and it will radically affect the people over there in powerful ways. Um, The the Summer Training Project. So this is every position. Um, So I I didn't break it down for the sake of time. A a leader on the Summer Training Project, I think, goes in thinking that you have something to offer the students, that you have ideas that need to be heard and applied, that you don't want to ask for help. I mean, it's it's such a clear thing that, that it's such a hard place to ask for help from a team leader. Or, because if you ask for help, it maybe says that you don't know what you're doing, and that's what we're afraid of. We're afraid to look like we don't know what we're doing. But I, I think that, that's, the, that's the secular way to think about leadership. You, you think maybe you should have had a higher position, or you should have been something else. Um, you set the agenda every time, you talk the most, you look to be served by others, you complain about how much you have to do, um, or you can be more like a servant. And I think a servant hopes that Jesus impacts people's lives. You ask questions. Uh, You take initiative in helping. What I mean by that is that there's some people where if if I were to say, hey, can you help us do this, Uh, that you would gladly do it. But I would love for you to think, like to be looking for what you can do to help. Looking for what you can do to serve the people in your room. You know, on the first day... Room leaders are so excited about their people getting there so you can move them into their room and get everything set up. And you're, you're just eager to serve, eager to carry, eager to clean. You want to get that room set. And then something kind of happens. And then the, the honeymoon is over. And, uh, and you don't live that way. But how, how could you have that attitude for the whole time? Um, you, you look to serve others and lighten their load. And you're okay being a little bit more behind the scenes. Like one of the things that's hard for me to do, you guys don't get to do this as much, but at the end of the summer, there's, you know, you thought this evaluation and what we used to have was who are the people that have impacted you the most in the summer. And, and sometimes I would just flip through quickly and just read that last page looking for my name. Like that's really, I didn't care about, I would look at the top three things that they enjoyed about the project and the top three people. And, and I would feel a lot better, like, oh, I'm on a string. Like three people who, who put my name in that place because I wanted to be important. And, uh, and and that is abominable. Like I hate that I have I hate that I have a good example to give you guys. Um, but but my desire is to be seen and to be known. And and is that yours? Or, or are you okay with being, you know, with great my, my daughter Maddox loves the song background. By Lecrae, it's one of the few rap. I mean, she knows a lot of the words to it, and it's kind of cute when she, when she. I mean, especially the chorus, um, because you know it, it goes, uh, "I can play the background, I can play the background. You know, sometimes I get in the way, so won't you take lead, lead, lead?" But she'll go, "Won't you take lead, 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 lead? Won't you take?" But uh, it, it's a. I like that she likes it, and I and whenever we listen to it, I pray, Lord, let her embrace that. Would she live that way? Would she want to be in the background? Um, and, and do you want to be in the background? TCP, if you have, a, if you have the, the mindset of a leader, maybe it's that you have wisdom and experience that need to be recognized. Uh, you want to set the agenda for events. You arrive late and you leave early. My experience with the TCP, the few times that I went last year, is there's, all the, there's a group of people that kind of show up about 15 or 30 minutes late. And then there's a group of people that kind of leave like 30 minutes early and they're not really there. And that kind of you know, serves to kill the momentum of everyone. And so I just think, would you you be a way to serve, would be just to be there early and to stay a little bit later? Um, You expect to be waited on. Uh, You think that you have it rough, like that your situation this summer is harder than other people's situation. But a servant would hope that Jesus impacts people's lives, would ask questions, would take initiative in helping, thinks you you shouldn't be there. Um, uh, wants others to facilitate discussion. And maybe that could be a banner over everything. If you're like leading a, a discussion or a small group or a discipleship group, do you want, will you let other people lead? I think Devin talked about Jared Grove, right? This is the example that you gave in the, in, the, in the Bible study talk, like in their group, asking Devin to share a little bit. And I think give it away. Give those opportunities away. Um, and uh, <clears throat> lastly, if you're on staff, um, I think maybe if you're on staff, you could a, a leader would think you've been there and done that. Like you don't, the rules don't apply to you. Um, you can do whatever you would like to do. Uh, you don't need to take notes. Um, you don't, the, the, you're, you're setting the rules and you're kind of above them. Uh, we have people in place to do the menial tasks. And I would love for, for, for myself when I'm like, last summer I got a good taste of it because all I did was work on toilets the entire time. Um, I, did, I, I went to two talks, and, and whenever there were other talks, I was in one of your rooms fixing your toilet or unclogging a drain or something like that. And I really hope that the staff don't have to do that. But I would love for our staff team to be happy to, to serve, happy to do things so that, like this retreat, the staff are doing everything. We're leading, we're leading music, we're giving all the talks, all that stuff, because we just want all of you to sit back and, and enjoy it and participate. And so I, I want to do that this summer for you when I'm down there. I'll be down there for two weeks and I, I hope and pray that the Lord would allow me to live more like a servant and not like uh, a leader. Um, so, so don't think staff people in here that, that, these, that this attitude doesn't apply to you. I would love that the way that, that all of you think about the staff is that you feel served by us. Um, so kind of landing the plane, I think there's something that's freeing about thinking this way. Uh, Because anyone can serve, right? Like if you have to be the leader and have it all together, that that feels intimidating. But if it's just serving, that's easy. Is it? And and I would say, I think it's harder to do. I think it's easier to have control. I think it's easier to to crack the whip. It's easier to be Troy Alvey sitting there at one minute of curfew, tapping his foot, waiting to to come in early for the next four nights. Um, It's easier to, even though you feel insecure with not having all the answers, it's easier to kind of flow out of that. It's harder to rejoice in other people's success. It's harder to serve. It's harder to play the background. It's harder to do those things. And and the there's only, you know, I think one way to, to really be able to do it, and it's the last part of the verse. Verse 45, even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And and there's something that's, that's really freeing to know that this is how Jesus lived. Um, you know, in Philippians, I'm, I'll, I have, I'll get there, I'll get there. Um, it, it's it's amazing to think that the Son of God did not come to be served, but came to do menial things, came ultimately to die for us. Like, he, he turned the pyramid upside down. Like, everyone wanted Jesus to be this ruler and this king and to set everything right in Jerusalem, but he didn't do anything that they wanted him to do. He was totally counterintuitive, totally upside down from how people thought and, and he did that for us so this summer when you when you're a tyrant in, in whatever position that you're in Jesus died for that when you don't have all the answers and you think you should J- Jesus died so you don't have to when maybe someone in your room their, their mom dies because that could happen I, I didn't go into the summer thinking one of my guys mom's gonna die but they, it did and I didn't have anything and Jesus will meet them and, and all you have to do is know that, that you've really been served um so the, the, last, the last thing I want to say, because I really do want to be finished in time for us to, to get where we need to go, is um, the, the theme is worth it. And so I want to just talk for a second about why it's worth it to have this attitude and not to be like the typical leader. Why it's worth being a, like a, a, a waiter this summer and, and not a leader. And, and first of all, it's because it's not going to give you life. The fact that I even have to sit, like, try to prove that it's worth it shows that it's an uphill battle, right? That, that our default is to think that, that the other type of leadership, the pyramid type of leadership, is the best way to go about it. But it, it's, it's not. And it's – Jesus Or in Acts, there's a few places in Acts where there's red letters. And in Acts 20, Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive.
1: And I want you to have
0: the best experience, the most joyful experience as a leader this summer. And I think the more that you're convinced of serving and the more that you're convinced of not having this this lording over or having privileges, but empowering others, it's going to be life for you. Um, second, it, it displays what Jesus has done in your own life. And there aren't many ways that. Like when you think about Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. How do you know that? Like, how do you see that? And I think you can, you know, there's, there's songs about being the hands and feet. I, for, I forget that there's like, sometimes I'll listen to KTIS, but there's one about like, how does it go? Someone obviously like, it's about being, how it's so great to be his hands or be his feet and be his lips and things like that. It's a little bit cheesy, but in some ways it is true. Like you do get to act out, and be for others Jesus to them. And, uh, and, and th- this is where I want to kind of end. Is just reading a passage for you. It's Philippians. Maybe this could be a dangerous thing to do. Maybe close your eyes. Um, this is the book we're going to study this summer. And I'm just going to read this verse. And then I want to pray for us. Philippians 2, 3-10. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God, thank you that Jesus came to serve us. Thank you that he did not think equality with you was valuable, that he was with you speaking all things into being, creating us, creating this world. And he would come and be a baby and have to have his diapers changed and get sick and work as a carpenter with his hands for 30 years and and ultimately die a very undeserving, the most undeserving death so that we could have life. Um, I pray, Lord, that as we study these passages, as we think about all that he's done for us, that it would you would change the attitude of our hearts, that we didn't want acclaim, that we didn't want praise, that we didn't want power and control, but that, that we wanted more of you. And, and because we have you, we can consider position loss, that, that we would have you and be able to serve and bless and ask questions and, and say, I don't know, and ask for help. And, and do things that, that the world doesn't think are very admirable for the sake of others. Um, that, that power will only come through you and your help. So, so transform us by your spirit. And, and let us be a group of leaders that, that totally change the way that the students on the CCP and on the TCP and at Project think about what it means to be a leader and, and that we would, through our lives, be a picture of Jesus to them. And how Jesus came to serve. All because you have done that for us. And there's more life there. Um, so we thank you for this opportunity. And pray in your son's name. Amen. Maybe you could all take one or two minutes. You know how we do the one thought thing? And, and just think about how, what needs to happen in your attitude? Like, what's an attitude of being a leader that maybe you need to die to? That you need to consider loss? And, and how can you think about serving What's going to help you to serve other people? What's going to help you live that way? And maybe take two minutes and then Reed's got directions for us. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others. But please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at campusoutreach.org.